0: Hey and welcome to D6 Minutes, where we talk about mi- uh, miniature gaming topics for D6 Minutes. So, what are we talking about today? So, I've got a bunch of mintrice up for our game in mm-hmm. one of
1: the missions that involves a bunch of beasts coming at you in the forest, or well, you stumble upon them, which mm-hmm. makes me think, what what's the coolest type of beast man? Like beast man is in like. It's clearly half, an animal, yeah. but it's got arms and legs and it stands upright. Yeah. So it's a
0: beast. Man. Half beast, half human. Yes. What's
1: the coolest, coolest one, in your opinion? The coolest All right, the one. All right, got you got to roll it. I'll roll this time. And we've got three.
0: Three, okay. So you got to have a shout out to the uh, Wolfmans because, you know, Werewolf is a classic. Uh, beast, half beast, half human kind of thing. And there's like, I think there's a good reason why people really, really like them. Um, and I, but I, I'm just wondering, and I, I personally like it if they're more wolf than man. I don't like it where they're just like a man with, a, I don't know, big hands and claws and then just the teeth. I, I want like, more i like the, i like the werewolves that look more like wolves than humans and are almost slightly like only barely bipedal yeah that i would kind agree. of look i yeah. really like that look
1: yeah it gets kind of weird when they're there's pretty much human you're like oh what have yeah. you been doing yeah, yeah. partially so when they're like mostly beast you're like oh, okay it's a beast man
0: but that said my favorite is pigmen. men uh
1: yeah I figured.
0: <laughs> okay yeah, how from about your you?
1: Pharaoh playing days. Yeah
0: I uh I, I think I even honestly like the the domesticated more domesticated like pigmen with a little bit bigger uh, tusks. So not not a wild boar man. I mean like a pigman.
1: Yeah. Oh okay so, um, less, so it's almost hairy. like more
0: yeah you think about it more as like the classical kind of orcs kind of thing more. But more like leaning into the pig kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So I, have I think like, i, like, I like, actually like
1: Gator Men the most. Gator Men. Okay. It, it's a classic. Because like, so. they Ancient could be Egyptian Egyptian Gator Classic. Yes. Because they could just be I like crawling around mm-hmm. and up like, oh, that's a, that's a Gator Man. Yeah. And but, and uh, I guess the same I
0: thing guess, still for the wolves, but I guess the 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 thing is with with Gator Men. I feel like crocodile man. When I think of gator man, I think croc, croc man, not as much gator man. Yes, croc man. Okay, that's just because crocodiles are more scary. scary. When I think about like crocs, like croc- crocodile man, I think of the most dangerous gator slash croc. I don't know what 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 that that family group is. And crocodiles are significantly more scary than gators. Like any gator. Yeah like yeah, basically think, they're twice as big so
1: yeah it's man size so it's gonna be, it's gonna be big.
0: <laughs> you're, you're, you don't think about like miniature gator men as as cool for me uh, a miniature pigman is cool it's it's kind of even cute to have like a like a, a little dwarf pig man that that's yes. that totally i totally be up for that any size pigman, big small medium they're all great or it's man piglet maybe <laughs> yes exactly uh-huh. That's definitely something that I would I would want to pick up. Yeah, I think that maybe the lizard men
1: or the lizard men are different than like croc mm-hmm, men. Yeah. But I think it just makes you when they're a lizard man or a croc man, you know they're not a furry. So I'm like, okay,
0: okay. <laughs> that's, that's true.
1: Okay, well, I think I think that. I think so that we all know that. Yeah,
0: yeah, we all know that uh, cat men are the worst. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's disturbing. <laughs> and and there's nothing. Wrong with Catman, I guess, explicitly, except for everything. All right. So, so next one. Uh, do you want to go another one, or do you want me to go? Yeah, let's go with one of yours. I got the nice, though. Okay, so we were thinking about... Uh, I think we talked previously about different types of games you would play outside of the um, fantasy, classical fantasy and uh, science fiction. And you mentioned that Pirates are like the next on your list for coolness factor, right? And we you even said like even a lot of the, the miniatures that we're thinking about using for our game are like piratey in theme, right? Yeah. So so my question is what makes a game piratey? Uh-huh. So is so yeah. And we'll leave it open and then and and you know and see where you the dice
1: pick. goes. All right. So it goes three again.
0: All right. So, what makes a game piratey to you? I think you've got to be trying to collect booty. That, that might be the ultimate <laughs> part of it. So, so, the fact that you're after treasure. But at the same time, fantasy is often a lot about treasure, right? Because D&D are a bunch of murder hobos. Yeah, yeah so, I guess in, if you think of like... Burry treasure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you oh, don't and robbing. Food. You can rob people too. So, the treasure should... Yeah, in the pirate game, the treasure should be more of a mystery, I think. Because it's not your treasure, you're not protecting anything, you're not trying to steal anything. You know is there.
0: It's yeah, like your treasure. Steal. What? Yeah. yeah. But you don't.
1: Yeah. But you, but you don't, don't
0: know have. what they have. What they have.
1: Exactly. You don't know what's in yeah. their castle and their anything. It's it's just the prospect of like unknown treasure.
0: Okay, so you feel before. like gathering treasure is an important portion of pirateness. So when you said, yes. "Oh, I want to do like a, a pirate-y, I want to play a piratey game," if it, if I'm not playing sci-fi or uh fantasy. It's the whole like going out collecting booty, and not knowing that it that's I don't know, what would you say? A sense of adventure of, of trying to find valuable booty. Yeah, I think there's gotta be that
1: sense of like mystery to it a little. Okay. Because you're you're pirates, so you don't necessarily know what you're going after. You can sometimes, but for the most part it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh in terms of the characters in it. I think it's going to be less of like a rigid army that's going to be your side. Mm-hmm. So your side's got to be more like,
0: slack Ragtag. together. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Ragtag band of misfits. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, hmm. I think you expect a combination of like shooting combined with fighting with cutlasses and everything else. Mm, so so a mix of I'd say probably like close range shooting, yeah. and cutlasses. Yep. It's not. It's not just mm-hmm. like a shoot offs
1: on a tank game where you're just gonna get each other. Okay, interesting. That's the feeling for miniatures to go with.
0: Anything anything more nuanced
1: than that you would think of?
0: Uh for me, pirates go hand in hand with water. Mm, Otherwise yeah. they're called brigands, in my opinion. I don't know I, I, I yeah, exactly. Highwaymen or something like that, and there's definitely like themes of that, like in uh, like the old west, right? You have highwaymen robbing trains and things like that. But to me, which is, you know, I guess the fighting is more just about guns because it's a uh, generally, I guess, the stories and tales we hear are, are much later in time. But with piracy, to me, what makes what would make a good or a, a quintessential pirate game is it's got to have water and there's got to be like like boats attacking either a boat's raiding a, a village or a land right mm-hmm. or boat on boat combat, and there has to be water involved, so if that there's no sense. water involved it, it's not pirates, even it if there's like everything there. else is the same yeah so like you you could say like the water if you're talking about a miniatures game, it has to be impactful right it can't so you have a boat and there has to be some sort of interaction with the water either it's like lava and you have to jump over it
1: mm-hmm. for some
0: reason or 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 there's like uh, a way that you can get through the water if you're good at swimming or something like that right just that mm-hmm. difference in in those two things to me is like I, I guess it's because i was when i think of pirates i think of pirate movies and that kind of combat of you know, swinging on the on the mast over the water and then people falling in the water people getting out of the water swimming all that kind of stuff i feel like, like is is an important part of pirate combat.
1: All right, well, I think we got a lot in three minutes. All right. Okay, so I, don't know, I like talking a lot about terrain, so I think I'll have a minor terrain topic here.
0: Sure, go for Quite it. Quite an important
1: one. So in like almost everything in the sci-fi universe with terrain, you've pretty much got trees on the board because they span the ages. The question is what the best way is to like set up your trees. Oh, off, okay. If you just buy them out of the bag, like you got, you have your woodland Scenics products out there. You've got your other, like more elaborate, modeling ones. Mm-hmm. But the question is, what's the best way, or what's a really good way at least, to set them up on the board? All right. All right. Let's see this dice. Five. That'll, that'll finish right, us off so, then.
0: Yes. So, how do you set up trees on the board? Well, I think one of the important things is you got to have a, generally you need a decent amount of trees, right? When you're talking about fantasy worlds or even parks or things like forests, like, Mm -hmm. I know it's hard because, you know, trees are not exactly easy to store and everything like that, but forests have lots of trees. So I find like a lot of the times when you see, see tables, it's a lot of like, even if it's supposed to be a quote unquote forest, it's more like a field with two trees on it.
1: It's the thing is, you don't want to have too many trees. Otherwise, like when you put your hand to grab the miniature, you're just going to keep smacking over all these trees, which is why I'm asking the question of like, what's a good way to set them up? Because if you just take them uh, one I, I one was
0: going to say that, like, for us, we have a lot of trees because we went out and bought a lot of trees, but I think most people just don't have enough trees. So the first what thing is, I'm going to say is, have enough trees.
1: I find a big bag of them or buy the. The armatures and start attaching lots of flock to them that you can buy in bags if you want to go on the cheap or yeah. if you want to go on expensive you can buy like individual beautiful trees or you've got in between which is like the woodland scenics boxes yeah, the that seems great. yeah so, mm-hmm.
0: so for me the woodland scenics box is not enough for uh a four by four table if you're supposed to be doing a forest right Yes. I wouldn't have seen this box as like thirty trees or something like that. But a four x four amount, uh, size is actually quite big, right? Yeah. Uh, like we play on a two by three for our game, which is a mm-hmm. much smaller scale, right? Um, and and intentionally so, so that you don't have to have as much stuff to just get in, in there and, and play or set up. But even then, um, if I'm supposed, to, if I'm trying to do a forest, having one of those what. Fifteen twenty five trees from woodland is not enough to cover the board for a forest. Yeah, because yeah, those are the, those are the three to five inch trees. I think we both got yeah. different colors, but. and so here, so so going back into like I, I, I guess the main portion of the question, the reason why is because when you set up uh, a forest, you don't want to just evenly space your trees everywhere, right? You need to have them in small clumps, right? So that Again, when you're talking about gameplay-wise, you want them to act kind of like walls or kind of like blocking off areas. If it's one freestanding tree, it, it's much harder to see how it blocks a section, right? Yeah, It becomes really it, ambiguous. Yeah, it becomes very ambiguous and it becomes not very big, right? Um, especially at that scale, unless you have giant trees and you're, you're playing with redwoods and then you just might have the stems of the trees. Um, but for a normal kind of, what would you call it, like brush? I don't know field trees,
1: mm-hmm. or
0: or young forests. I guess right. Um, you want to clump your trees. I'd say about two or three together to make a sort of wall kind of thing, so that it uh, you you basically would play it as you're not crossing over them.
1: Yeah, and what, what would you but what I would you put?
0: Yeah, what would you put them on then? Uh, definitely like I Definitely magnetize your trees and put them yeah. on stands. So put a washer on the underside of the tree base, or put a magnet into the bottom of the tree base. Yep. And put washer on the on a larger stand because generally yeah. trees, you know, they're they're top heavy. Mm-hmm. So and like you said, right? They're easy to knock down. So to make them actually stand, you kind of need a base for them, right? And I don't
1: think I don't think you want to permanently glue them glue them to the base because otherwise storing it's going to be a nightmare. Oh, but storing it's going to take yeah. way too much space. So totally as you said, the first thing you said is that you have tons of space.
0: Yep so yeah definitely don't glue them i'd say magnetize them like you said yeah and if you find them without
1: magnetizing them you're just going to knock them over and you bump the table and they're going to end up everywhere
0: and just be really frustrating but magnets yeah so Mm -hmm. i guess overall we said large put them on large bases magnetize them so you can take them off and put them in clumps of two or three so that they're a larger thing and then if you want to make a larger kind of impassable tree thing you just put two or three of those bases together yeah I think we have a minute or two left.
1: What would you suggest doing to the the base because often if you take really thin material and mm-hmm. you try and texture it it 'll like warp and all that any sort of material that would be best for that base because it 's got to be rigid to hold the washers and magnets
0: uh, I have two things that i i 've done uh, is like I just use bases like just plastic or or oh, so you
1: 're not talking about something bigger you 're talking about just something fifty millimeters to just enlarge it just the So
0: for, the, for the, the current ones I'm using, I actually use just 50 millimeter bases and I magnetize them to the 50 millimeter bases so that yeah. I can take them off and more easily pack them away. Actually, I think they're 40 millimeter and that's about, that's generally fine for the, the tree sizes I have. For larger ones, you can use MDF, obviously, like that works. Like you said, it's rigid and it can be generally pretty thin. Uh, for another project I did, I used actual, um, what do you call it? Um, it was actually soft. I, it was a, a, like a tarp. It was the, the cloth, like covering for painting, right? And I yeah. cut, it's basically a, a heavy cloth, right? And then I covered one side, I textured, textured one side with caulking and uh, put in the magnets, uh, And uh, sorry, not the magnets, the washers. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, and, and taped them there. It was fine.
1: Right. So they're just hiding on the bottom,
0: so it's flexible. Yeah, yeah, and the washers are actually not that big for, for the thing. So as long as you, you lay them flat and you don't try to I don't know, roll them up, they're not going to rip off. works pretty good. Yeah, okay. But either way, I think
1: I would be inclined to put them on something that holds several trees, just so mm-hmm. that when you're trying to draw a line of sight, it's really clear that, okay, we're drawing line of sight over top of this big base thing. It's not a question mm-hmm. for, oh, is it in between the trees, is it not in between the trees? Mm-hmm.
0: So that that helps with the gameplay really- as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. Giving it a base helps to make make everything
0: nice and defined. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Um, I did find the soft ones are like the using the cloth thing with um, washers and then caulking worked worked pretty well. Uh, they did end up having to be pretty big again because they have to hold the tree up, right? So it has to be a relatively large cloth with with the caulking on. So it's a similar way; it's just soft instead of rigid. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because not everybody has the tools to cut hardboard, but.
0: Yeah, and it's also thinner, right? So when you want to kind of uh, blend it, the only issue with the, using the, the tarp on the bottom is that um, you have to be careful about the edge because, you know, it's just a uh, tarp, right? So it might it might curl up a little bit at the end. It might not look as good as if you have something that is itself flat. Mm-hmm.
1: All,
0: All right, right well, we hit three topics with this one. All right, yeah. So if you have any ideas about, was it, pirates... Uh, laying trees and filling up your board. Or what was the last one we did? Oh, the first one we did was yeah. the, the Beast Man. Oh, well, your favorite Beast Man. Give us a shout. Come and uh, find us on Facebook That Dice Over Everything. Yeah, thanks for listening. All right, this has been Alan. It's been Brandon.
1: All right, one more thing. So if you enjoyed that podcast and want to listen to more, you can find them over at diceovereverything.com or uh, on your favorite podcast app. And if you want to leave a comment, message, or ideas for like more podcasts from yeah, us, or just get in touch with us at Facebook and look for Dice Over Everything there. All right.
0: Bye.